Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? And we're live. Welcome, everybody, here to this episode, live episode of the Lakers Lounge after the Lakers whooped that trick and and took care of business in six. That sounded terrible. I just forget you ever heard me say that. I am joined by Raj Chapalu, and I am also joined here by special guest host Harrison Fagan, who is live from Cancun. Nice. And uh, I, he he told us that he had a surprise for us. Yeah, guys, oh I, I showed up in Cancun, and I just like <laughs> I'm reporting here live. The Grizzlies have already arrived. They emptied the bench <laughs> with ten minutes to play. They got there. It's actually not that far of a flight from Los Angeles, so they were able to get there. And uh, you know, you can see them in the background. They're having a great time. It's adorable. <laughs> this has been Harrison Fagan reporting live for the Lakers Lounge podcast. That is, uh, that's adorable. That picture it's, it's in particular, very cute, right? Yeah, that is just that is, is that, uh, you know, is, look at that. They're having a great a time. Jackson? It's you know, hey, look, they weren't fine in the West this year, but they might be one day when they get a couple more playoff players on their roster. You know? Yeah, I, w- I wish, I wish this was a TNT game because, like, the stuff that Chuck and those guys would say about this team would be just incredible. So good. Dude, would just be an uh, just an amazing, an amazing performance from everybody around. I think Dylan around. Brooks might be bullied out of the NBA by that post game show. Like, I'm not sure. Like, it would it would at least cost him upwards of ten million dollars. <laughs> I feel like I didn't come prepared. I don't have a prop or anything. I just I just showed up to. <laughs> well, Raj, you've been podcasting. Raj, you said Anthony you had a great goose bottle. <laughs> Are we, we're not sponsored by them yet, right? I made sure not to say it on the podcast yet. I guess that's true. You had a vodka bottle. Um, yes. Hey, unnamed, unnamed vodka. Yes. <laughs> the Lakers win uh, by forty. It, they they finally have Dylan Brooks's respect. Uh, congratulations to the Lakers for winning by enough that Dylan Brooks might maybe uh, respect them. One twenty five to eighty five is the final. Uh, they the Lakers <laughs> just. I was a little concerned, actually, after the uh, Kings beat the Warriors and forced a Game 7, that the Mm -hmm. Lakers would kind of mess around in this one. And then they start the game pretty slow for like the first like minute or two. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is actually going to happen. But they quickly catch themselves. Um, They wind up outscoring the Grizzlies 31 to 20 in the first quarter, uh, 28-22 in the second, 41 to 25 
in the third and then 25 to 18 in the fourth. And scoring the Grizzlies scoring 18 points in a quarter that was all garbage time is insane. <laughs> That's incredible. That is just that is bonkers that that the war or that the Grizzlies were were that checked out. Um Harrison, I want to start here with you on on kind of a more serious note. Um you're going to me for the serious note? <laughs> Yeah, because I this is a, this is a, a seriously concerning thing. the the fedora The fedora comes out, and I, I want to know: was it brought out for any other game this series, or is this like a late series thing that you might be messing with Karma for? No, you know, like with, just like Darvin Ham, I had to activate playoff mode tonight, and you know, I made an adjustment with my lineup. I stopped playing my hats that weren't as good as this one, and you know, I'm ready to go. <laughs> Is that what a fedora um, is? I always wondered. Like I, when I listen to you guys do the podcast, I'm like fedora. Yeah, this is the this is the Lakers this victory the fedora. fedora. Oh, well, the, okay. the background's blurring it out, but the, the Bears okay. are in the way. Nice. We knew that the Lakers were going to win this one as soon as we saw Jack there, right? Like that was that was it. As soon as I saw him courtside there, I was like, "This is this is game. Um, you cannot possibly trick this one away in front of Jack." But um, no, I actually Anthony, am. I, see, I have the exact opposite conclusion. I'm like, this broadcast is going to end with Jack Nicholson being killed by the Lakers' lack of effort in this game seven. <laughs> like, I, I was seriously concerned for that man's health. So Avery's glasses are crooked. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> um, but uh, I, 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 no, I was pretty confident. Like he showed up. LeBron dapped him up before the game. You had a really good feeling that that this was going to. I had a pretty good feeling that this was going to go pretty well in the Lakers' favor. Seeing him there, um, Raj. Like, if we are going to talk about actual basketball here, uh, well, but before before we do that, because we're going to go into it. First of all, did you hear that Jack Nicholson? This was his first game since the opener of last year. Yeah, so that means he yeah. just saw the one bad Russ game. He saw and Russ, and he was like, "I'm out." That was, he was it. like, "I'm like, done." Call, call me when no. you guys get a get a real team. I don't. I, I'm good. <laughs> You watch one possession? No, but my most surprising thing tonight is Jenkins pulled everyone at 940 in the fourth quarter. Isn't that kind of early to, like, quit on a playoff game? Ross, they were down by 30. quit in the second quarter. Yeah, like that. But but there's no game after this. Like, you don't don't get to, like, you can't work on anything. You're not, like, playing your bench. Hey, Taylor Jenkins does two things as head coach of the Grizzlies. He challenges relatively meaningless calls in the second quarter, and he makes sure that everyone doesn't play too many minutes. Okay? Those are his two jobs. And, you know, he knocked it out of the park tonight. He loses really well in the playoffs, and this was set up for him like perfectly. Um, yeah, I, I, I do find that kind of interesting. Like you know, but but also I think that's pretty indicative of this was over very quickly in the second quarter. That was that was done. Uh, Harrison, we have a request here from Jimmy. Uh, take that fucking hat <laughs> off. <laughs> Um, but I, I do. All right. So we have a few places that we could start. And I think there are a lot of, there's a lot of flowers to go around here. A lot of victory chains to hand out. If, if anybody wants this one, it it took a lot of work to, 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 you know, to put this thing together. But, um, so Raj, I'll, I'll give you the choice. Um, because you had to listen to me, uh, rant and rave after Darvin Ham's last game, which by the way, he went right to a shorter rotation, and it makes me only think even more that Jeannie made the call and was like, hey, we can get oh, an no. extra home game here if we just, you know, play Beasley, three different stints, 
get it back home. We can afford an exception player in this upcoming summer if you just get an extra an extra playoff game. But no, I, I'll let you choose, though. You can talk about Darvin Ham. You could talk about Anthony Davis. Yeah. You can talk about uh, Jared Leroy Jenkins Vanderbilt. Wherever you want to take this, Raj, I'll let you, I'll give you the floor. Well, he's not Leroy Jenkins tonight, right? If I understand the uh, comparison correctly, he like did he a job. A he shot eight three pointers. But uh, you know, <laughs> well, I mean, like, five of the threes came when we were already up like twenty points. So no, Jared Vanderbilt just Jared Vanderbilt shooting better than Malik Beasley. That's a trip in my mind that like I you know had to you know come to terms with, but. If you, you know, if we attacked Darvin Ham last game, you have to give him credit, you know, yeah. shorten the rotation to eight players um, and went in basically being that eighth guy who just spelled Anthony Davis while the game was close from like to the first half, a little bit after the first half. And then Anthony Davis just going nuts. I mean, I think this was this was bet top five player in the league, best defensive player in the league type of performance. To it me, was Shaq-esque, took- man. Fouling guys out like. He, he took the Grizzlies' soul to me in this series, and then tonight, like, it, it was just, there was nothing going. Their offense was just John Morant, three-pointer, Desmond Bain taking 40, you know, 40-footers because he just can't get to the rim, and, uh, yeah. you know, being able to play off jaw, and obviously Luke Kennard being out hurts. Dylan Brooks hit his first two shots, which was great for us. It, it felt like, you know, he, he kept shooting. Um, and, yeah, but AD's performance to me defensively, he was all-world this series. And tonight was just his the most locked in I've seen him and LeBron together. But like if we have this Anthony Davis, like you you can do a lot of stuff um, with yeah. this AD. And I thought he was just incredible. I, the amount of blocks he had tonight, I don't even think represent how much he dominated. So he finished with five blocks. It felt like fifteen. Um, yeah, I was gonna say stopped. five seems low. This is the rare game where five seems sixteen low points seems yeah. low. Like so, yeah, so he felt like he had a lot more than sixteen points. All of his points were loud. Um, Harrison, I'm going to go to you to the very important task here, and I'll join you in, and, and Raj, you can if you want. But um, I think we just need to laugh at Dylan Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, <laughs> he, he said I, he I pokes bears. Ask, I, I wanted to let, I wanted, yeah, we ought to rank like the Dylan Brooks quotes from this series alone at some point this year <laughs> by like how exactly. much, how little he backs them up, you know? Is that the, one, the most the pre-series one? He said he wanted to play LeBron in the first round. It would, you know, eliminate him. That would be good experience for him. You know, they ended up losing four to two. Uh, he had the I poke bears. And then mm-hmm. he like literally, I guess he poked him in the balls. But that was all he really seemed <laughs> to do. That was just like that sort of defensive move against LeBron, I guess. I don't respect anyone until they give me 40 and then you lose by 40 in a closeout game that you quit with 10 minutes left. <laughs> So poetic, perfect. Was Dylan Brooks like? Was he the fifth best Laker in the series? Fourth? Like, I'm, I'm, like, I'm. This is going to sound hyperbolic, but that Jared was Jackson the most. Give him the defensive player of the year for allowing the Lakers to defend the Grizzlies so well. See, I was going to say he wins offensive player of the year because what he did in that series, if you're a Grizzlies fan, was fucking offensive. Um, I th- I legitimately think that was the most detrimental performance I have seen in a long time from a player in terms of the quotes that you talk about, the pissed He's off a LeBron. He's free agent this summer. <laughs> yeah. A lot I, of money lost. A lot of money lost. I, I, I So I, I, I tweeted this out. He's going to make um, it look like Dennis Schroeder got paid. You guys are both... <laughs> 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 do you think do you think Dylan Brooks and Dennis Schroeder share an agent? And he just like, I quit. 
I'm out. No, there's no chance Dylan Brooks that. has an agent. Someone would have stopped him by now. I, could you imagine if they share an agent and that guy's just like, I fucking retire. I hate these people. <laughs> like, I'm so bad at my job. <laughs> that agent has Dylan Brooks's shot selection in terms of clients. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I like whether it was the the uh, off court quotes, the on court performance. I tweeted this out, and you guys are both younger than I am, so I don't know if you guys like remember this as vividly as I do. But in those series, and especially in in the one that everybody claims was thrown, um, Doug Christie, and this is anecdotal. I haven't gone back and looked at looked at the statistics, but Doug Christie didn't make a single three pointer, especially a wide open three pointer, all series. He was just, every time he was wide open, I remember just kind of chuckling. He's like, nope, <laughs> he's not making this one. And and my dad and I, like, by the end of the series, uh, we had, we would host, like, Lakers, like, playoff parties back then. And, and we had entire rooms full of people screaming into the TV at Doug Christie to shoot because nobody was at all concerned about how that was going to end. And in this one, like, everybody, every time uh, Dylan Brooks shot you know touched the ball you heard boo you know and i legitimately think like smart fans in that arena were sitting there saying shoot shoot the ball like <laughs> you're open let her rip dylan <laughs> because he had like you know he made a couple here and there where'd he go uh two of five from three-point range tonight but, but oh man, he, like, you know, he said he was due for three or four. So I don't know. That's a little disappointing. That's <laughs> little there's, a, there's a stat that I think, uh, you know, I, our colleague, um, uh, uh, Parker, I think, um, tweeted, uh, you know, said that Dylan Brooks has been more open from three than any other player <laughs> in NBA history. Yeah. Anthony, do you want to know? Like, D Dylan Brooks has, has the second worst ER of any player to play in the playoffs oh. this year. Dylan Brooks finishes a minus 23 tonight. And that, you know, if, that feels way low. The, yeah. the Plus player worst was Jalen Noel. Jeff Green <laughs> is next up. Jeff Green has a higher PER in the 2023 playoffs than Dylan Brooks. <laughs> Doris Burke on the broadcast, she said, like, Dylan Brooks needs, like, four threes. I was like, that's great. It's going to take, like, 16 shots, you know, to get there. And seeing them, <laughs> being able to just play off him, it's just, like, there's, like, a fine line between what he does and guys like Marcus Smart do, right, or even Draymond do. Like, the, the difference in that um, is, like, production. And Dylan Brooks is a guy that will shoot you right out of a game. And I thought he shot him out of, like, three games this series um it's great yeah. you can just put 80 on him and or you know you could just play off him and memphis's offense died and i just don't think you can talk shit when like guys don't guard you like i like i just don't like it's a, it's a weird position to be at where you're like talking shit while you're open every single time uh, and it's missing. so strange not just like it would be one thing if he went off like vando and you hit like five threes tonight right. or whatever while teams are leaving you open but he's he's clanking them they're horrible with him on the floor <laughs> Well, it, it's it's what it's it's not a great sign when on offense you have to yell to get people's attention to talk your shit, right? Like, <laughs> hey, I'm over here. Can you guys? <laughs> can you hear me, LeBron? You're old. <laughs> he had like when he says he pokes bears, it's because on defense that's the only way he gets their attention. He's just like, hello, 
but hey, it's like you know I'm playing the other end, right? Like you're allowed to come close to me. Also, like, so I I thought the Lakers were giving him COVID protocols, like they went into the COVID protocol defense. Not to like you know nerd out on the basketball a little bit, but I thought you know they would put Dylan Brooks as a screener because we were hiding D'Angelo Russell on him, right? And like I thought they would have him screen for John Morant, and instead he's just like I'm gonna attack D'Lo isolation, and we're like great, you know, go ahead attack. Which is so I don't know, like can you know can their coach make that adjustment or is that just Dylan Brooks being like I'm isoing, I'm as good as you know John Morant, Desmond Bain. Um, So I don't I don't I don't know. It's it's so weird. Guess that that was not a Taylor Jenkins play call. (laughs) <laughs> but can you Raj, rein him I, in now though like is it too late right you can't like let him have free reign the whole regular season you win a ton of games and then like in the playoffs you're like you know what dylan brooks don't be dylan brooks and he's like no like i'm being dylan brooks. part of why like i don't memphis does not seem to have hardly any accountability in their culture mm-hmm. and they just they let the veterans go they keep bringing in y- more young guys that don't step up and then yeah. it just seems like you know, like a headless chicken running around a little bit, the whole team. It's just like, everybody thinks that it's just like three guys who think it's their team. And only one of them, Bain, who, you know, like, I think maybe has an argument at that in the playoffs. I think, uh, I, I thought the, 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 the most telling kind of moment in the game was this mic'd up segment from a, uh, from a Grizzlies, uh, huddle. Ready guys. Let's do this. Dragons! Oh my God. He just ran in. Save him. Oh, gee, stick it. I don't. I don't want to see another commercial for Ja Orton Clarkson signature shoe on television. This these playoffs. <laughs> ja Orton Clarkson. I was really looking forward to a Memphis huddle audio. I was like, oh, okay, I want to hear what they say. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like damn, what did I miss? This is Taylor Jenkins going. Ja, Ja, get off Instagram Live. It's we're we're playing a game. <laughs> Hi, stop booking your flights. There's still there's 20 minutes left. Jaw comes back to the huddle. Hey, who the fuck is that white kid over there? I gotta go fight that motherfucker. <laughs> that finish line employee is fucking killing us, guys. Who can get <laughs> um yeah, I I you know at some point we'll talk about the actual basketball here, but I cannot I cannot mock that what met that Memphis team enough. I cannot do it. It was just like I wrote. I wrote for for Substack um, before before the, the the playoffs even and and um, before we even knew who the Lakers were going to be playing. And I, I listed teams that I wanted to see there, and they were the first team that I wanted to see. And and it's because like you know specifically because they have zero idea what it takes to succeed in the NBA. Super talented. Like all those guys. I love Dev, Desmond ben, Bain's game. I love I his game. I gained a lot of respect for his game this series. And to his credit, he stopped talking shit about guys that were lighting him up after like game one. Yeah. He's like, oh, Rui did it again. All right. Yeah. No, we're, uh, you know, we're good. I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say that anyone else on this team sucks. Yeah. I, I just, I, I love Desmond Bain's game. Um, I He's really like like sure. Jer- Jaron Jackson Jr.'s game. It like pops to me. Like he, yeah. uh, I really think he's going to be a, a special, like perfect modern center. There are parts of like parts of that roster that make a whole bunch of sense. 
but it doesn't even matter. Like Luke Kennard, I thought was also really good in this series and in, in, in small like bits and, and pieces the there. I'm I think they would have, you know, at least cut it to, I don't know, like 20 tonight if Luke Kennard was out there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. They would have lost by half. Yeah. Um, but like, the, like there are, there are, there are really parts of that. And, and even jaw, like jaw competing with the wrist thing that he was dealing with all series also, like, you know, also needs to be acknowledged, but also jaw trying to hurdle over LeBron James when he has Xavier Tillman. Oh, Tillman was another guy who's, who's game, yeah, Tillman, uh, who's like performance. Yeah, I really respect it. Um, but like, again, it doesn't matter how like much basketball sense some of these guys make because of their general approach to the sport. John Morant saying that we're good in the West was to me the grand in indicator. Yeah. These guys are the, they aren't going to get it. When we had the story, a story came out, and it's not like Stephen Adams is like some 35-year-old vet. Stephen Adams is barely 30, and he was like, hey, maybe we shouldn't go out and party the night before a game every freaking time that we're out we're out on the road. And, and what is John like the boss in like an all-hands meeting that is like they're talking to the whole workforce, but they really mean right. just one person, and they're like staring <laughs> at them the whole time. Yeah. You know? So he's like, he's looking yeah. directly at John. He's like, you know, maybe we should not all <laughs> go out and party until 3 a.m. every single yeah. night. That is something that I think all of us collectively should decide not to do. All 15 <laughs> of us, not naming any names, you know, Jaw. Jaw's like, Jaw's <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, good, good point, good point, yeah, good point. <laughs> you know, he's like, sorry, did you say something? I was on Yelp. There's like some great <laughs> gentlemen's clubs in this area. I actually, me and James Harden were meeting up in Vegas. We had like three free days. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just. And, and, you know, I wrote that, like, uh, every so often we'll see these, like, super talented teams. Like, the you know, it's an unfortunate nickname that, that was given to them. But the Jailblazers um, come to mind. Super talented team that had all kinds of guys who went on to have, like, really good careers, right? Jermaine O'Neal was a rookie on that team. Rasheed Wallace obviously uh, won a championship. Damon Stoudemire always gave the Lakers real big problems. Um, and, and like, there were all kinds of guys on those teams that like you looked at and you said, yeah, they, they seem to, they, they might at some point, maybe individually figure it out, but collectively did not understand what it took to succeed in, in the league. Right. And, and I really think like, you know, it, it took kind of breaking that team up for those guys to go out and succeed on their own and have, you know, nice, long, fruitful careers on their own. Um, except for Ruben Patterson. And, and like, I, <laughs> but, but Brooks, I, unfortunately, it, the same, same, like Spider-Man meme, like that's what those guys are. And, and, and I really kind of think that, I, you know, this, this Memphis team, unless they kind of collectively come together and, you know, have that come to Jesus moment and say, yeah, like this is actually really hard. And we do actually have to respect the game and respect the guys that actually have one in this shit and, you know, understand what it takes to actually win until they do that. They're just going to be a super talented team that keeps on losing in the playoffs. And, and for some teams, it just never happens. And what I wrote was like, I hope that they do kind of come together and, and, and figure that out a little bit better than they currently do. But until then you're going to see a whole bunch of series that end with, you know, it was, it was a six game series. Um, that it was clear throughout the Lakers were the better team. And then they went out and mollywopped them to the tune of 40 points. You don't lose by 40 in a playoff game. If you're not a, if you're a serious team, you don't, no matter what, no matter what injuries or whatever, you do not lose by 40 to, to a seven seed. That does not happen. 
Um, so I can't wait to hear Dylan Brooks tell us all about how like that was actually success. Well, I was going to say like, Anthony, we talked about this earlier, but their team is kind of cashing che- has to cash checks that like Dylan Brooks writes and like John Morant writes. Right. And also like you watch Dylan Brooks play like in the home games with our home games before, like he took five threes and then he took seven threes. There's just no world where Dylan Brooks should be shooting that, but he has to like live in character. And also like he had that flip, right? Like he has to live to in the the he's a method actor. He's yeah. Right. I have no like, idea what committing to the bit looks like. <laughs> but then after like game four, he's like, well, they're painting me out as a villain even though like the quotes were, you know, self, like he's the one that said all this stuff. No one went up to Dylan Brooks and was like, Hey, do you have to, you want to attack LeBron here? He just decided to say those things. Um, and it was like the flagrant foul he had on LeBron, right? Like the, the nut punch. Um, the question was he, literally like, should you be worried about poking the bear like that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. Yes. Yes. And then he yeah. just went it to was call like trying him, to get him to say something that's like, yeah, you know, uh, LeBron's great. And obviously like, exactly yeah instead he went through the you whole, even heard like, it from the from the uh from the reporter like sometimes reporters will do this when they have a criticism but they don't want to identify themselves as a person with the criticism so he was like you know there are some people who would say that maybe poking lebron is not the best idea You're like dylan many people are telling you to paint your face clown and why are you taking so many shots and lebron's a lot better for you than you not me <laughs> many people are saying this like can you do you care to comment yeah right. but they they have they have to live in that character right so like he nut punched lebron and i was like if he went over and was like hey my bad then like maybe he doesn't get ejected there but instead he has to live in character and be like oh no like you know i didn't hit it or you know do all the villainy stuff and uh when you're not playing well and you're trying to play the villain role like it's it's weird and you have to like actually produce for your team because they're not guarding you uh, it's just a whole character they have to live in. And then Jaws, we're fine in the West. I don't think that had as much impact, but their whole team is just like braggadocious. Oh, no, like, I disagree. I disagree. Really? So like, oh, yeah, the the league, the league, like insulting the entire conference, a conference that you haven't even gotten to the finals of. Of sure. course, that's going to piss off everybody. Like everybody took. I'm telling you right now, um, I haven't looked at it. Uh, Raj, after the last time you and I recorded, we talked a little bit about like, what guys reactions are on Twitter, like the tweets that guys send Mm -hmm. out and Mm -hmm. who don't get tweets sent out about them. Right. Mm -hmm. And I I would like to see around the league. um, And, and it'll be kind of interesting. I'll, I'll, I'll talk to some some people, I guess at some point here, but I, I, I I would imagine there are a lot of guys, especially in the West who are like idiots, absolute morons. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But, but at least was, I, I brought this up before, but there was the person, there was the player in that athletic poll that just when asked who's the most overrated the player in the league, just wrote the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies. Yeah. 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 Also, you know, shout out to Blake for making me aware of this in the comments. But uh, yeah, I just went and checked and this is true uh, from Tim McMahon. Dylan Brooks exited the locker room before media was allowed to enter post. Uh, fucking oh. loser. But see, that kind of stuff is like the front running stuff, right? Like when they're up, they'll talk and they uh, are front runners. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, like, proven even, otherwise. 
but the, I'm fine in the West, Anthony. At least that's from Jaw, right? At least it's from like the superstar. It coming from Dylan Brooks just hits different. It's just like, are you serious? Like it's Dylan Brooks. Like you, you should not be talking. And that's the kind of stuff that I think annoys people. And then you have the don't talk to the media afterward. It's just all this stuff that's like gets away from the basketball. And all of a sudden you're down 40 in a closeout game. Like that's the stuff where like they're not focused on the actual basketball is why is why they've lost the last two and, and down and down 40 in a way that like the other team is really enjoying beating you by 40 they're clown- you know, they were like, clowning them they were, they clowning were absolutely them. clowning him. lebron tried to throw the ball off the backboard to himself is that what like, that was i was wondering what that yeah was. oh yeah for sure i i definitely did like harrison you know you know which play i'm talking about right where where lebron was on the left side and he goes to throw it and then it got like touched as he was doing it and he kind of tripped or whatever. No, when um, was this? I may, I may have been setting up. They were going right to. They were scoring right to left. So it had to have been in the in the second half. Okay. Um. But yeah, he was. De- you know. Yeah. I, 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 the second half did not have my full X's and O's attention. Uh. By that point. <laughs> I was enjoying it. I was. I was loving every second. Oh no! Half. I was. I was, was enjoying it. But I, yeah. I was. You know. I was. I was getting my twit. My Twitter. You know. My tweet drafts <laughs> ready. Like I was in his background <laughs> downloaded. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, let's let's talk a little bit more than uh, about from the Lakers' perspective of this because this is a Lakers pod. Anthony Davis was incredible. Like, uh, obviously the the numbers honestly don't pop off right, except for the five blocks. But the sixteen points, fourteen rebounds, kind of whatever. Six of nine shooting is pretty good. Um, only shot four free throws, and and only grabbed one offensive rebound, but absolutely and thoroughly dominated this thing from the defensive side of the ball where, you know, again, uh, the Lakers only give up 85 points and that is why the Lakers won as thoroughly as they did because, you know, when the Lakers get stops, it ignites transition and, and they are significantly, well, tonight they were tricking off a lot of transition plays, but, um, but like, I, you know, typically speaking, they are a significantly better team in transition than they are, uh, you know, in, in the half court and you can only get out in transition if you get stops. And when the Lakers get stops, and certainly tonight, when the Lakers got stops, it was because of Anthony Davis. Every single, like when he was on the court, if if the Grizzlies didn't score, you could trace it back in some way to, to Anthony Davis. And, and um, I, I, you know, I'll get out of the way here because I've been very hard on him. So I, I feel like I shouldn't be the one giving him his flowers here. So, so Raj, like, what what was it specifically about the way that AD played tonight that that you know presented so many problems for for the Grizzlies? So there's a, there's been a few times this playoffs where it's felt like the 2020 team. Like if you remember that team when they would you know lock down, there was times where like other teams couldn't even get a shot off, and sometimes it looks like there's six Lakers out there, and AD looks like he's in two places at once. And our whole defensive scheme really is his defense on the pick and roll to where. At the end of the series, Jaw stopped even asking for the screen up because, like, he doesn't want to even involve AD in the play. He's just like, let me take it one-on-one against, you know, whoever might point against Vanderbilt or, or trying to get the switch with D'Lo. But, yeah, he, he just took away the rim in a way where Memphis, you know, they had, like, 20 points in the first quarter, and, like, 10 of that was Dylan Brooks jump shots, a Jaw three, right? Like, all the shots that we're, like, willing to concede – and uh, they were just scared to even go up a lot of times. And there were plays where, like, he took away three-on-one breaks. 
And yeah, his just, you know, screen coverage defense along with Vanderbilt and Schroeder chasing him around. Like Desmond Bain, if you watch him when AD's up at the level, he just like he can't even get any space. He couldn't turn the corner. He had to take 45 footers to get any type of look. And uh, he shut them down. Like 80, you know, giving up 85 points to Memphis, some of that again with the with the garbage time quarter, but a plus 32 in a plus 31 in 28 minutes is just absurd. This was the most dominant 16 point game I think I've ever seen. Um, yeah. And it's just yeah. funny with the like, it's just, it was so weird with like the actual defensive player of the year on the other side. That was just so strange to watch while like Anthony Davis is just carving everything up. There was a play jaw, like jaw was driving like on the left side of the baseline and he caught it from behind him. I don't, don't think I've ever seen anyone do that to Jaw. I don't know if you remember that play, but like he caught it yeah. from behind and then pushed like it. Still, yeah. yeah. Also, that was absurd. That's John Morant, like the most, maybe the most athletic guard in the league. And he caught it like he was playing a toddler. It's just uh, the most dominant, you know, defensive game I, I've seen this season. Harrison, do you think it's the kind of thing that um, he can build on? Well, I, I think yes and no. I mean, also, it's going to depend on wow, which cool. opponent they get. Nice to have Darius here. <laughs> I, it's going to depend somewhat, I think, on which opponent they get in the next round. Like, Draymond has typically played AD pretty well throughout their yeah. careers. That's why, you know, if I'm looking at this early on, you know, like, I would say, you know, that you would probably prefer that Kings matchup just yeah, because... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like, Sabonis is not going to slow ad down a whole lot i don't think no um and i think the warriors have shown that a lot of sort of the gimmicky stuff that made sabonis an all-star and possibly a guy that's going to make all nba over ad this year uh you know is maybe not as effective in the postseason and so i would be very curious to see like what ad can do you know sort of gumming up the works in that sort of scheme where he's like able to basically play off of his guy who's terrified to shoot and yeah. so you know if it's against the kings like i think definitely they can build on it if it's against the warriors it's going to be be a real test for him like can he impose his will on Draymond and Kevon Looney and you know like these are not these are guys that AD should be able to score against but is he going to be able to do so at you know an efficient rate and then as far as like the defensive side of it I don't know if he'll be as effective as he was in this series just because you know Raj you'd probably know these stats better than I do but like I just watching Golden State and the Kings I don't imagine either of these teams get a tremendous amount of their points in the paint and so you know that's not he's not going to be able to impact them on the level that he was the Grizzlies just because the Grizzlies, you know, basically have very little shooting and are trying to just pole vault their way to the rim every single possession. And AD is like specifically designed to stop. Yeah. That. And so, you know, I don't know if he'll be as dominant in the next series, but I, I think that the Lakers are going to need him to continue to be their best player, which I think really, you know, through six games so far on balance, he has been. Yeah, to me, the, the, the difference to me in this one, um, one, you're going to get different refereeing at home, and uh, the refs were letting a lot more go for him in this one compared to uh, compared to in, in Memphis. Um, you know, I, I, the other part of it, too, he looked, he, he, he looked like he got fresher over the course of the series. Like, like this, tonight, he was everywhere, and he was... You know, catching lobs well above the rim. He had that one dunk, right? That that really just kind of like I, I think that dunk basically ended Memphis night. Like it was that was that was officially the the nightcap for him. And and yeah, like it's just and and you know, look, I, like I said earlier, I really like Jaron Jackson's game. Um, I do really like he's still young and he, when he's he gonna learns continue. to stop fouling like Wenyan Gabriel. He's gonna be a really good player. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. He had five fouls again tonight, um, which I thought was going to be a problem in LA specifically, right? Um, <clears throat> but but like if you if you watch that game and that was the only NBA game that you watched tonight, and somebody told you, uh, yeah, the that guy over there on on the blue team, that guy won Defensive Player of the Year. Like every single person's response watching that game tonight is like, wait, that guy didn't? Not just one. Anthony got zero votes. Zero yeah. votes. First, second, or third. Yeah. For defensive player of the year after what we watched him, like the Lakers defense, we had, you know, everybody cites like on off metrics at the end of the year and stuff like that. We saw what this Lakers team looked like for extended stretches without Anthony Davis on the floor. Yeah. Like he was the entire defense, you know, or at right. least the, he was the complete foundation to where mm -hmm. the entire thing crumbled without him out there and Harrison, you had to try and get by otherwise. ESPN may as well have had a fucking ticker going like minutes without AD on the court in the first half when it was still a close game they were sitting there like ad's been sitting for like three minutes now oop ad's been sitting sitting for about four minutes tonight we'll talk about the ad list minutes and and ham's adjustment here not playing uh beasley not playing brown here in a not second sitting ad it was a great adjustment yeah right but like but yeah like the league and, and this was the other part of it too like you're it's a it's a great point to bring up the fact that he didn't get a single vote but on top of that his own like peers, Walker Kessler got as much respect in that poll that the athletic did as, as AD got, you know, and I'm sorry, like when AD is playing like this, uh, he is the best defensive player in the league. Not the only player you could like say is close is Draymond, right? The, the game that Draymond put on in game four against Sacramento where he, where he defended all of the Kings, right? Like, that's pretty goddamn impressive. But uh, aside from him, and AD is one of the, or, or uh, Draymond is one of the most unique defensive presences that the league has ever seen. AD is there historically. AD is there, like, when we when you talk about the Ben Wallaces, the Dwight Howards, the Hakeems, um, the Draymonds, AD is in that kind of, in that class of defender when he plays the way he did tonight. And yeah, five blocks tells like 25% of the story because. Uh, jaw in particular, you know, he, he makes his living at the rim and, uh, every time he, you know, when AD was on the court and draw jaw would try to make his forays into the paint, you could see he was always kind of like feeling around He, you know, for AD, the only time he ever like, you know, really tried to get up was if it was like a rebound that he didn't have to worry about AD or if, or if AD just wasn't there. Those were the only times that he would get on his runway and really try to elevate and explode towards the rim. Anytime AD was on the court, it was always kind of like keep a defender in jail and try to go mm -hmm. up with some kind of a floater. And if all Jaw is doing is floaters, he's a significantly worse player than he normally is. So, so yeah, that is, that is all AD. And there are, there is, zero other defensive players in, in the league who, who would do that to jaw effing Morant. And was, Raj, hold on. If I can cut in here, like I want to, sure. I want to kick it to you in a second to respond to all that. But like, you know, I, I just want to say like, I normally try not to be the guy that's like, Oh, look at this dumb media vote, you know, whatever, like that kind of thing, you know, the regular season and playoffs, like I get it. They're a somewhat different sport. Like there's going to be different outcomes, but like, I just think that like 
media voting and like these awards are like fundamentally broken when like Anthony Davis does not get a single vote for defensive player of the year in any category with it. Like, this is not one of these like hindsight, like, Oh wow. Like Jimmy Butler, you know, like he turned it up a level in the playoffs and now mm. all of a sudden he's Michael Jordan type of thing. Like this is a guy who he played over a hundred minutes more than Jaron Jackson jr. Like it wasn't, yeah. everybody calls him street clothes, whatever. Like he played more minutes despite missing all those games than JJJ did because he's not in foul trouble. And his coach doesn't sit him because he's worried about foul trouble and he knows yeah. that he can be out there and that he's not going to pick up that third or fourth foul like he's mm -hmm. going to play smart and know what to do and affect shots without fouling it's like brooke lopez you know uh like bam maybe bam i don't know can be in that conversation like og ananobi drew holiday like nick claxton alex caruso jimmy butler this whoa. regular hey. jimmy butler hey. they all got dpoy vote whoa, whoa 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 two names ago two names ago you are not going to put any 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 slander on my boy AC's name. Hey, everybody I'm, else, I'm you can say whatever that, you want. That AC can get the recognition that he deserves now that he's not on the Lakers. You know, yeah, but it is nice. Just, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, those are like those are like narrative awards, right? That like when you start yeah. two and ten, it's stuff. Especially stuff defense, like, people don't know what the fuck they're watching defensively. Exactly, like, and the Lakers actually have... here and tell me that Brooke Lopez is a more impactful defender than Anthony Davis, like with a straight face. Well, the, you know his. Uh, his LeBron metric or whatever, you know, stats. Yeah, no, I mean, his those. verticality is great, but, like, so was Roy Hibbert's. <laughs> well, AD, AD put on a clinic of verticality tonight. John Morant was, like, begging for fouls, but he was jumping in the air, um, and, you know, that was a clinic in verticality. But I want to touch on something. Harrison, you know, you said, you know, in the Warriors series, like, can he score? Will AD be able to score? In the Sacramento series, will he be able to score? I think this team is going through, like, a really interesting... I'm, I'm less worried about it in the Sacramento series, to be clear. Yeah, significantly <laughs> right, yeah, less worried. Right. And, look, the Warriors are already downsizing, downsizing, right? They're not even starting Looney and Draymond together in worries yeah. of the spacing issues that they're having against a Sacramento defense that isn't even, you know, top tier. So it'd be interesting what they'll do uh, against the Lakers. But you saw AD tonight with 16 points. He had a couple of big 30-point games in this series. But we're going through, like, an interesting transformation where... I think most people expected LeBron, right, to come out with the I'm dropping 40 or whatever Dylan Brooks wanted in his fantasies. But, like, it really, you know, wasn't that. It was, we are now, I remember early in the year, Darvin Ham said we're going to build an offense around Anthony Davis. And people are like, what does that really entail? And what it really entails is having ball uh, on-ball guards who can score, right, that you can involve him in screen actions. And 80s getting all of his shots off, like, offensive rebounds, right, on Vanderbilt misses or pocket passes from D'Angelo Russell pocket passes from Austin Reeves. It's not a lot of throwing to the post because teams are fronting him. You can't switch on him. And they're, 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 they're giving so many resources to take away AD from the paint to where like our guards are getting good looks. Austin Reeves might be already one of the best players in those like mid range pull-up areas. D'Angelo yeah. Russell left. He has such a soft touch on that little floater. It's insane. And this is so unique. Players don't usually have this level in the playoffs in their first postseason. But And then D'Lo left Earth, obviously, tonight, right? 12 for 17 from the field, 5 for 9. But our offense is kind of ball screen heavy where, like, AD and LeBron don't need to score 30 to win. Like, our offense is kind of tailored around guards who can get to the cup, get to the line, and get dribble, dribble penetration and kick out. And LeBron tonight, all his buckets transition uh, off the ball cuts, spot ups. Like, yeah. that's not stuff that you really – would put into LeBron because he's such a, you know, heliocentric player who's kind of started this whole kind of uh, theme around the league. But tonight his baskets were all off of that, which is so fascinating when you like, you look at the team now where people are going to look at AD's line, like 16 points. Was he aggressive? Uh, he didn't have to be because that's how the defense guarded him. So I think it's interesting to like, look at his point total and that doesn't really tell you his dominance. And then on the defensive end, obviously he's just wrecking 
uh, he's just a wrecking ball where he's he's been super dominant. And you well, Raj, the, 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 like to to your point, the Lakers had you know so they score 125 points total, 25 of which came in the fourth quarter, which was all garbage time, which means that they had 100 points going into the final frame on a night where, and again, LeBron and AD didn't play in the fourth quarter, right? So uh, AD scores 16 points, LeBron scores 22 points, and the Lakers still drop 100 points in three quarters. So like what you're what you're saying, I think it's. It's what you're saying is absolutely true that that um, Reeves and and D'Angelo when they play the way that they do tonight offensively makes the Lakers almost impossible to guard. I would say, and on top of that, because of the way that the Lakers were defending, they get out in transition. And when you combine those two things, when you combine transition opportunities and and the Lakers played sloppily in transition tonight, like they were they were uncharacteristically sloppy in those transition opportunities. So you combine all of those opportunities, all of the stops that the Lakers were getting with also, like we also have to mention the Grizzlies quit, but like you combine that with, with uh, the way that Reeves and D'Angelo Russell play tonight. Like when the Lakers play like this, like Kevin O'Connor, um, you know, he tweeted out like, this is a special Lakers team when they play like that, when this is what the Lakers look like. And again, you, you have to take it with kind of a grain of salt here because, the, <clears throat> because Memphis, was already as as <clears throat> excuse me as Harrison's background would indicate they were already in Cancun, but but they're, like they're having a great time back there, you know. Yeah, look at them. Yeah, uh, but like, but still, when the Lakers play like that on both sides of the ball, they're going to produce points and they're going to stop you from producing points. That was that was an unreal performance on both sides of the ball. And, and Raj, I just wanted to piggyback on what you said about the guards. <clears throat> One smart thing that I saw D'Lo do a couple times tonight, and Austin does it too, is, you know, when they're turning a corner coming off of that screen, they you can almost see them looking, like, does AD have his man on his back? And right. if he does, the shot is going up because they're basically like, you know, I can hit this shot. Like, Mark I'm Jackson more than skilled enough. But, you know, otherwise, I'm going to get the Kobe assist. Like, this is basically yeah. a pass to AD. Like, if it comes off the rim, then it's not going to go very far. It's like a short little short-range shot, short rebound. Like, he's going to be able to get it and go up and finish in traffic. And so, like, I do think that they, you know, it's just sort of another one of these creative ways that they've been able to build an offense around AD, to your point, without necessarily, you know, needing him to be dominant Hakeem Olajuwon, you know, post-up scorer type guy. Right. And right. really quick, I, I just want to yeah, add that, it. like, I think when D'Angelo Russell plays like this, we're not losing. Like, like there, you just like no. when D'Lo no. plays like that. Like, no, he doesn't have to have thirty-one points on this ridiculous shooting. But where he's like, it's just it's just tough to allocate so many resources everywhere, right? Like you have Austin attacking you, you have LeBron and AD putting pressure at the rim, Vanderbilt flying around getting offensive rebounds. If you also have to like, oh shoot, D'Lo's like putting his guard in jail and you know getting mid-range jumpers uh, consistently and getting to the line. That's just a lot to deal with along with the defense. So I think when he plays like this, and I feel like he's too, like uh, this whole series, he's been really foul hunting. Like he's been trying to hunt fouls in yeah. a series where you're just not going to get those calls. And I thought tonight he's like, hey, look, I'm like 6'6". Like the guy guarding me is like 6'2", has no weight in his back pocket. Like I can put him right in my, you know, on my backside and, and just finish over him. I thought he did that. He had a bunch of floaters early, and then that opened up the three game for him five for nine from three. But I thought those mid-range jumpers were so key early on to kind of get us going. Um, and yeah, when he plays like this, this is this is why, you know, you trade for D'Angelo Russell. The the other thing too with D'Lo that I think really helps um, on an AD team specifically, being taller makes it so much easier to throw those entry passes, right? You're getting guarded, you know, 
John Morant is giving up like three inches there. Desmond Bain also is giving up like three inches there. So if that's your, Tyus Jones, same thing. If that is your, if that is their backcourt and D'Angelo Russell, like there was, there was one play in particular tonight. um, ESPN had like a perfect angle behind it uh, to be able to see, you know, where AD put his hand out. And, and, you know, the, the, the amount of separation that, and, and the window that, uh, Russell had to fit that into, but you could also see how much higher Russell was throwing that pass from, and it made it so much easier to put that pass on target. Um, yeah, like this is, and this is only in, in a couple months or so that he has played with AD and in those couple months, he has missed, um, some time for various reasons. So like this is the you know this kind of game and, and actually this this offers a perfect kind of segue here moving forward and and I'll go ahead and put George's uh comment on here because uh you know <laughs> our boy Ham um <laughs> made made the adjustment you know he he completely went away from Troy Brown completely went away from Malik Beasley I thought at at best he would maybe choose one of those guys who would sit in this case he sat both of them and um hey how I'm dare cu- you that was our that was our garbage time backcourt tonight okay they they hey, got man. minutes <clears throat> if 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 that is if that's the the situation that they come in for awesome fantastic um but i'm i'm curious though harrison if you think that you know cuz ham i think he trusts his players to a fault right this is part of why he keeps as much buy in over the course of a year as he keeps is because like he is very cognizant of the impact of just going away from guys, right? He doesn't want to do that unless he absolutely has to. In this case, though, he did, right? It's game six, which is essentially the Lakers game seven. They lose this one. They aren't winning game seven in Memphis. Um, and and he way, like way shortens the rotation. And, and I'm curious, like after seeing the results that he got with this type of short a, a rotation, if you think that that this is something that he'll be able to build on here moving forward, or do you think this was a one-off given how desperate the situation was? I don't think it's a one-off, but I don't I wouldn't expect them to start the next series the same way. Like I think he's going to come into, you know, whether it's the Kings or the Warriors, we'll find out on Sunday. You know, he's going to go into that and he's going to try and find, you know, like, I think he's going to try and get Malik Beasley going. I think he's going to try and figure out minutes for Troy Brown and ways that they can be effective. Like, I think he's going to extend the rotation just to figure out sort of, okay, who works in the series. But I sort of do wonder, and I, I honestly, I think this may happen, that he may be a little quicker to go to that shorter rotation, you know, once you get some more minute, like you can sort of evaluate like a little bit better now, now that you have more experience, you have more extended playoff run, like, okay, you know, Malik, his shots just not on. He's not going to work in the series. You know, like we don't want him yeah. chasing Stephen Clay around or whatever it may be and getting no. lit up like, uh, like he was like they were or Munker and and Fox like yeah or Monk and Fox. Or both whatever, of these you know. backcourts are not Beasley backcourts. <laughs> yeah, it's like can he can he steal you know five to ten minutes a half or something like that? You know, yeah. Or can you get him out there and can he hit enough threes yeah. that it sort of helps you out and you soak up some minutes and you know your guys aren't having to play in the high forties whatever at the start of the series. You know, again, I'm just. I'm I would worry about going to like an eight man rotation right at the start of the series, given sort yeah. of, you know, some of the brittle. That's a lot to ask. Game. 
with yet yeah, with mm-hmm. this Lakers roster, you know, you want to keep them healthy. You want to, you don't want AD playing 40 minutes every single night in the playoffs. You know, you want to save that for if you really, really need it and you can hit that turbo button. Yeah. So I, I think Memphis, we, we just did a whole first half joking on them, but like, I do think they're like the second, at least I think these are the best two defenses in the West left. And I think they're the most physical team that we're going to see. And Beasley's a guy who's, you know, he's just not, you know, receptive to physicality. I feel like they took him out of everything he tried to do. He never looked comfortable. Maybe in a King series, he looks a little better, but you talked about it, Harrison. We have a lot more, like, we have a lot more data now. Like, we can see, like, what lineups worked and didn't. Um, I think, like, Wenyan should be a guy that probably should be in the rotation. I thought he played um, really well uh, tonight. But I thought another really nice adjustment from Ham tonight, which I think they can keep in their back pocket, Obviously, Rui Hachimura's offensive series, um, you know, he was like the best shooting three-point shooting percentage ever for like the first four games, which is just absurd. But like, what was uh, it? It was like 70%, right? It was something absurd. Yeah. It, like... it was it was nuts. Yeah. And it was like after Desmond Bain obviously had those comments. But we put him on Desmond Bain tonight. Like, as, like that was our adjustment on Bain defensively. And it worked. And I thought it wouldn't. I thought he'd be too slow. But he was able to chase him around, ran him off on screens. And he just His feet are physical. faster than people think. He does. He moves kind of clumsily, but he has kind of quick feet. He's not supposed to move that way. He's like 250 pounds. Like those dudes aren't supposed to be as light on feet as as he That's is. Why he was he a lottery was, pick. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure Washington wished they had this type of defense from him. But like, he I'm was telling you, to, that like, GM getting fired after the second Rui Hachimura game is not a coincidence. <laughs> that was absolutely <laughs> the owner was like, "Wait a second, you got Kendrick Nunn and what for him?" <laughs> could have led us to the play-in <laughs> i could have had a single game's worth of playoffs from this guy yeah you gave like me kendrick nunn beats unbelievable just uh, what do you think yeah, like wanna... tommy shepherd walks into the uh into the owner's like office and it's like uh hey uh ted how's it going bud ted goes like hey tommy what do we get for Rui again well, you know, we got an expiring, you know, it's, you know, it's kind of tough. He hasn't had the best, uh, you know, tenure here, but we got like a, we got a first, right? Everybody's trading first. Rudy Gobert, like fetched like seven first rounders. We got a first for him, right? Well, well when you do the draft capital <laughs> evaluation, three seconds is sort of almost a low first, you know, it's just. We, we got a first, right? Like we got, we got, we only need two more and we can trade. We get a Crowder, you know, do we get a it's, pick swap? Like, do we, do we get like, do we, you know, is there a chance that we might get a first rounder for this guy? Well, did you see the dunk that Kendrick Nunn had for us when he showed up? Did you see that? <laughs> uh, get your 30 million coups. Go get it. Go get your, go get your contract. <laughs> Preferably with the Lakers. Um, yeah, I, I, I think, I think, you know, Rui, I, I think uh, the combinations aspect, like the, you know, I think Harrison, you made that point. Raj, you've made this point over the course of our time doing these shows. But the point of like figuring out if you are going to play, and I think he is going, like, I don't think he's, I don't think Beasley and Brown are both done for the playoffs. I think yeah. they are going to, I think they are going to get another opportunity. But um, if they are going to get that opportunity, I think what, what, uh, Darwin has to kind of and has probably learned is if they are going to go out there and play, it has to be with the rim protector, right? It has to be with somebody who, you know, if it's Vanderbilt, like if, if, um, 
like Beasley can't be specifically matched up against like there were some stretches this series where he was like specifically matched up against like Luke Kennard or Desmond Bain and LeBron was his rim protector like that can't happen and I, I, I and I think so regardless if it's against Monk and and Fox or if it's against um you know Steph and Clay or or even I I would I I don't want to throw Paul into that group because good Luke, God he's Luke been terrible. Should never be allowed on the floor at the same time as Steph. Just like, <laughs> right? Not even during warmups. Like no, Steph. instant sub, instant sub. Just <laughs> like they're doing, they're doing layup lines. Beasley's got to go get water or something. Go watch film. Darvin um, gets the delay of game for running onto the floor to get Malik Beasley when he sees <laughs> Steph come to the scorer's table. Remember when when Doc Rivers used to do that? Like he would call a timeout way onto the court. I'd be like, that can't yeah. be legal. Like that, that that seems dangerous. Um, I always was. I kept on waiting for like Meta to like knock over Doc in those in those in that spot. But um, but yeah, I think I think with Beasley and with Brown, a only one at a time. And B, if they are going to be out there, especially Beasley, if he's going to be out there, AD has to be out there. Wenyon has to be out there. People keep opining for Bamba. I'm I'm still not I, I still don't think after like a multiple month absence that he's just gonna step in and be ready for playoff minutes. No, but, like that's an emergency sub, or that's like a we have a big guy that you are the only one who feasibly is not going to get like trucked into the stanchion by. Yeah, but but I think I think if if you're gonna have like if you're gonna have Beasley, and and you and and like AD needs to sit or something like that, or if Winion is in foul trouble, which does does sometimes happen, um, then it has to be like Beasley and Rui and Vanderbilt and LeBron. Like there has to be collective size out there to be able to make it work, and and you know my guess is that uh, even more importantly than like those two guys specifically. I'm hoping, and Raj, I, I, I'm curious what you think here. Uh, I'm hoping that Ham has like identified the identity, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, the way that the Lakers are going to have success here is through physicality. It's through size. It's through hit you in the mouth and keep hitting you in the mouth on both sides of the ball because that is just what we do. Um, do do you think he do you think he's learned enough to to notice that, or, or do you even agree that you think that should be the identity? I do. I think we're getting to the point in the playoffs where guys like Beasley, they just can't stay on the floor. The game is getting too fast. It's getting too physical. And people who just can't defend, they just they can't stay on the floor. The game is too quick. Um, it's going to be at an intensity that, you know, players like that, they're not to be mean, but like Malik Beasley is like a regular season type of He's you know, an 82 game player. Yes, exactly. Yeah. An 82 game player. And you were hoping he could be, you know, a 16 game player, but his shot variety doesn't really change very much. He still takes super difficult shots. He's obviously being told to take those. But, um, yeah, I just don't think he's playable. If I was going to play one of them, I would play Troy Brown. I think Troy at least defends. I think yeah. he moves the ball enough. He actually helps you on the rebounding as well. Um, and from there, this is going to be, to me, eight to nine uh, man rotation. Mo Bamba looks stiff tonight. I, I know it was garbage time. I'm not trying to judge him on a few garbage minutes, but he looked stiff. Like he couldn't really move. His three looked way off. Again, not judging off of those few minutes. But yeah, I think we're in that territory now where these games are going to be very high level where you can't just throw away six minutes, you know, for with that type of lineup. I think that lineup's dead now, though. The Dennis, yeah. Beasley, Troy, Roy, yeah. Rui, and LeBron, I think that's gone. But just to even further this point, Dennis Schroeder, who was getting 30 minutes a lot in the regular season, 
he's down to like 19, right? Because when you're a one-way guy, he couldn't even get shots off in this series. And Memphis is a really good defensive team, but it's just like defense picks up. You don't get those um, grifting type of fouls. So like those yeah. floaters are, are over. We saw trees, it against right? Phoenix. Exactly, right. And that was, he looked scared to shoot in that one. At least in this one, I feel like his shots was kind of taken away from him. But like you're shooting over trees and you're shooting over teams who have schemed against you, who know your counters, who know your moves, that little fake spin that Dennis does, that was taken away this series. Memphis had that, you know, countered, um, had that down. So like players like that, and that's a guy who's at least helping you defensively, right? He's out there to guard John Morant, but that's all he can do. No offense. His jumper wasn't there. His shot is too slow. So you just can't even get shots up. He shot two shot two shots um, in the last game. Tonight he shot four shots in a game where he got a lot of time where the lead was like 30 because he just, he just could not get attempts against good defenses, and I think you're going to see that going forward, whether it's um, Sacramento or the Warriors up next. Um, my last point on Beasley in particular, and even I think Brown too, um, they aren't physical enough, uh, even, mm-hmm. even, even in terms of like, because you know people always think of physicality, you know, taking place either defending the ball or while you have the ball right but like for Beasley he's taking such tough shots because whoever is guarding him is forcing him to start his sets like five feet further out than he should be and he can't like he can't establish starting position that allows him to start those sets and start those sets with any kind of timing that make any sense for him so yeah whether it's him or, or, or Brown um, and I don't know if this is something that you can learn, really. Uh, like, it, it's pretty astonishing to watch Reeves be physically okay in this in this setting. But I really think a lot of it kind of comes down to mentality. Like, a lot of it just kind of comes down to, like, I need to get there, and it doesn't, it doesn't matter who is in front of me or how I have to do it. I have to start there for this play to have, it, have, have a chance. And I think when you watch Beasley and you watch Brown, those guys aren't willing to do what it takes to get to that spot to be able to start those sets. Um, all right, we're, we're, I want to wrap up here on on this. Uh, a, I'll start with oh, you, Harrison. Anthony, sorry, just coming out of your last point, just really quick. Yeah. I'm seeing this on uh, on Twitter now. Uh, Austin Reeves uh, underwent an X-ray after the game, and uh, they found like 60 dog. dogs inside him. He was, <laughs> he's got. Just no, I hired me for a second. Literal dogs I was, inside him. <laughs> I was literally holding my breath. I was like, Yeah, oh, you man. said that way too seriously. <laughs> yeah, that was like, way too. Like, 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 I almost took off my glasses. Like, baby. hold on, what? Um, no, I actually we've we've found the evolved version of that of that meme. Did you see? Um, gosh darn it, I'm 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 pissed that I'm forgetting his name. But the guy who's a, a Mavericks fan who's like, I X-rayed my dog and I found. And I found so and so inside oh, my dog. Funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, uh, all right. So I want to wrap on on two questions here, um, and I'll ask you both this. And and you are going to get memed, and you are going to get dragged if you're wrong. Um, a, who you prefer to see between the two teams, and uh, well, I guess three questions. B, your confidence against either of the two teams and see whether your confidence in the Lakers to be able to win a championship has changed after this series. So Harrison, I will start with you on, on a, uh, between the, the Kings and the Warriors, who would you, who would you rather see here? Kings. Okay. 
Raj, you uh, agree? Yes, definitely, definitely the Kings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. It's kind of crazy though that like the team maybe that just we just one, saw maybe just one beat definitely the, just one one definitely beat the definitely. shit out of the Warriors in Golden State in a must win game for for in in you know an absolute must win for for or for Golden State. The Kings beat the crap out of them with their point guard with a broken finger. And we want to see that team. That's in, that's kind I of mean, crazy to me. I agree. Like the Kings obviously got disrespected, I think, a little too much going into the playoffs. And the Warriors probably got a little too much deference just by virtue of winning the championship. But also, it's more for me, it's more of a matchups thing of just I don't really like the AD on Draymond matchup. Like I think the Lakers can make it work. I wouldn't think it was a hopeless in that series. But it's yeah. just like, would I rather see Anthony Davis guarded by Sabonis or Draymond for, you know, seven games? Like I'm picking Sabonis. Sorry. Draymond has played AD better over the course of AD's career than ever, any other player in the league. And that dates back to New Orleans. Like, remember the play-in? He kind of took AD out of it a little bit. You know, yeah. they, they won that game because of LeBron. Yeah. Right. And the, the Warriors also kind of bait you into our worst tendencies. So, like, even if you watch the Kings series, they're running Sabonis post-ups, right? And all through the regular season, the Kings offense, offense was thrown into Sabonis. He'll get the double, move the ball. But, like, the Warriors are, like, inviting that. Right. And I feel like the yeah. Lakers would kind of do similar things where they're like post up Anthony Davis, which is the exact opposite thing you want to do against, you know, Kevon Looney and Draymond Green. And then against the Kings, like to me, Steph Curry and Clay, like trying to scheme them out, it's kind of you're just hoping they miss. Uh, with the Kings, I feel like we could do similar things to how they've taken Sabonis out of a series. And I think LeBron can a little bit more, be a little bit more offense heavy in that series where he can kind of hunt. Malik Monk, Kevin Herter, De'Aaron Fox. He has just an array of options to go at. But with like the Warriors, they're going to stick Andrew Wiggins on him. And that's going to be a really tough, you know, matchup for him. So, yeah. And I just don't want to see Stephen Clay. Like, I, I yeah, Steph, is, Steph is horrifying. Like, there's almost no one that I would rather. Yeah, it's. I'm not saying he's necessarily like the best player in the NBA or like the one mm-hmm. that is he's the most up there, impactful man. in a seven game series. He's definitely the one that I would least want to root against in a seven game right. series. He's, he's way up there. Uh, Steph Steph scares me about as much as any any NBA player currently, and and that's saying a lot because this league is stacked. Um, I'm with you guys be, uh, on on Sacramento, uh, so I'll, I'll make that a clean sweep. Which you know this could be that thing where like ESPN goes like oh for seventeen, right? No, I mean um, the good news for us is that if it is Lakers Sacramento, there's going to be so many national media people that pick the Lakers that there's no way Kings like fans are going to come after us. You know what I mean? Like there's going to be bigger fish to fry, so we're good. Yeah, I mean, it, probably not great to call us like a small time show like on our show, but I'm sure. Just saying, yeah, like, comparatively to like the ESPN screen grab, you know, of, like every single pundit <laughs> picked like Lakers and five. You know, it's just it, there, there's going to be more enticing bait for them that they don't have to look as hard for. All right, so Raj, I'll start with you on this one. Uh, whether it's the Kings or the Warriors, how confident are you in either of those matchups here with the Lakers? Uh, I'm pretty confident in a Kings series. I still think that would be tough, It'd be like six or seven, but I'm confident we can win that one. The Warriors a little bit more up in the air. I just think winning, you know, you're gonna, yeah, you're going to be in Golden State. Um, you have to win on the road over there, and that's just a tough place to play. We did play them well. I think we like won the season series 3-1. I believe I so, believe. yeah against the Warriors. Um, but yeah, they're, they're starting to click 
a little bit more now. You could tell they're getting their confidence back. We'll see. They have to win a tough game seven. But I'm I'm a lot more confident confidence against Sacramento. Fox and Jaw are close enough to where we can kind of move similar game plans. Um, and you know they haven't shot as well, but they have guys like Davion Mitchell and stuff. Where again, you can play similarly to the the way we did Dylan Brooks. So we can kind of move schemes forward, kind of in a way that you can't with the Steph and Clay and what the Warriors run. It's a completely different motion offense where you'd have to switch everything you're doing and watching D'Angelo Russell try to run around 50 split actions just already makes my head hurt. So I would not want to, you know, I don't want to see that. Let's not talk about that tonight. He was really good. Okay. He was great. Yeah. He's fine. Just leave, leave the alone. Yeah. I, I, the Warriors, um, the longer that they go into the playoffs, the scarier that they get. So Mm -hmm. if they can be knocked out here in game seven of, of round one, uh, all, all the better to me as well. I am, yeah, I'm curious, Harrison, like your your confidence level against either of those teams. Yeah, I would say Lakers and six against the Kings. Just again, because I, I just have, again, just a hard time picking this team, you know, with as good as it's been, but as also flawed as it's been and as up and down as it's been to win like three games in a row at any point in like one of these series or something like that. And so I, I would go Lakers and six against the Kings. And I'm, I, I think I'm with you guys, like coin flip against the Warriors. Like, you know, it would be hard. It would be hard to pick the Lakers in fewer than seven against that Warriors team for me. I don't think you can pick them more than seven, so <laughs> that's fair. Um, Lakers and eight, let's go. <laughs> Adam Silver seven in overtime, like it'd be seven, seven like, and like guys, four. We're playing another games. one. It's, it's sorry, ABC. Yeah. ABC is getting crazy numbers off these. We're doing best of nine. <laughs> that would be the most watched series in a long time. Like, oh yeah, that would. Uh, all right, I I. I would pick the Lakers in – so I would be curious. So in this in this last series, I bet the Lakers to win in five because the odds were better, but I bet the well, Lakers to the win. because the FTO was better on Lakers in five as a pop line, I assume. Uh, I, I guess. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, I, I – I, uh, you know, I bet the Lakers to win the series outright, so I was I was still able, I was still able to, to clear some money tonight. But um, – but I, you know, I'll be curious to see what the odds are in either of these against the Kings. I would say probably the same thing where the best odds, the best value is still probably going to be on Lakers in five uh, because everybody is going to bet the Lakers to win in six uh, because that's that's a home game that they get to win in. Um, but I also um, I'm not. I'm not necessarily as confident against the Kings for a really stupid reason. And it's that like, I could totally see the Lakers taking them lighter than they should <laughs> compared to the Kings, man. Cause or to the Warriors, cause the Warriors, you know, the Warriors are going to have LeBron's utmost respect, right? This rivalry spans a decade plus. And, and this is, this is a, a team that he has had a, a, a competitive relationship against for the, the majority of his career at this point. But the Kings, <laughs> uh, the Kings, you can't quite say that same thing about. And the Lakers, all throughout this year, have looked for reasons to not take teams seriously. And I'd be a little nervous that they would lose like one too many games uh, early in the series than they, than they maybe should. Because they don't come out as hard as they as I, as I think they should. Like against Memphis, 
Memphis talked enough shit, and the Lakers were a seven seed that they won that game one. And and I said I, I, that that really kind of set a tone for the rest of the series. I could totally see the Lakers just kind of tricking away game one in in a way that really pisses us all off. They wind up losing game two, and now you're one home loss away from being down three one against Sacramento, and and that's that's a tough spot to 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 put yourself in. So and Sacramento doesn't even have any guys to like light that fire under them either. It's just this. Team yeah, they don't. They won't. They aren't going to dudes that like. I I don't know that I've seen any of them talk trash in the media at all this year. Yeah, maybe I've missed mm-hmm. it. But even Mike Brown is like super nice and genial. And like, you know, yeah. going into the series is going to be like, yeah, LeBron's the best player I've ever coached, including everybody on this roster. He's incredible. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, I, yeah, Alexis, Alexis is on the same page. I don't know if I would go so far as to say as I want the Warriors because the Warriors present actual basketball, like basketball things that effing terrify me. But, but the Lakers' tendencies this year really make me nervous. I got to say, uh, the, the Warriors-Lakers matchup is intriguing, like, just because, like, does Draymond do an hour-long podcast appreciating LeBron before the series? Just, like, talking <laughs> about how tough of a matchup that's going to be against his brother and close personal friend. And Do you think he's put the request to LeBron in to come on the podcast already? Yeah. Like, just... No, 100% hey, he has. Yeah, he texted him tonight. <laughs> yeah. And Bron's like, I'm not doing it for the volume. If yeah. you want to talk, we can we can do it on mine. Um, <laughs> uh, Harrison, I'll, I'll start with you then on this one. Did this series uh, change your outlook on the Lakers' chances of winning a championship? Yeah, yeah, no, it really did because I went into it this year, you know, thinking the Lakers were pretty good. Like they got, you know, upset potential. Like they could make a run if they kind of catch their stride. And but I was less confident than I am after watching them sort of go through some of the, you know, trials and tribulations of this series, you know, losing that game two in Memphis, how they came out, like just the fact that like Rui is so clearly a 16 game player now that Austin looks like he's already ready to be that, you know, that D'Lo, I don't know, D'Lo's in the, this weird, like between 82 and 16. Like, I, I think that you can <laughs> trust him for some of the 16, but he's certainly not going to help you yeah. win all 16 of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the Lakers have, and then obviously like AD and LeBron have shown that they still have a whole other level that they can go to, you know, I even think Dennis, you know, I, I think is again, like sort of in that like hybrid in between zone. I think there's certain games yep. and certain matchups where he's going to help you out. Like I just, uh, Vando, the uh, way that he's able to play defense on kind of these guys that are way smaller than him, him and make their lives hell, you know, but really it's just a lot of it is just like how much Rui and Austin showed that they look like they're ready to be like mainstays and a closing lineup type guys, which I don't know that I was necessarily expecting the Lakers to have like that solidified of a closing five type of, you know, rotation coming out of this series. And so that gives me more confidence for sure. I'd say closing six. Uh, yeah, right? no, it's definitely not five. Yeah. The five are not set in stone, but there's like, there's a couple guys that have mm-hmm. like a really, really strong argument for that, where I feel like I was less clear on that and less sure of it. I certainly would not have said like, Oh, Rui is going to 100% be one of the Lakers like best five players during the playoffs going into it. That's what's crazy is that, like, I felt confident, or not confident, but I thought the Lakers had a chance at winning a championship coming off of the trade deadline, and Rui didn't really figure into that much at all. And then now he does figure into it, and I'm like, holy shit. He's going to end up being, like, maybe their best trade deadline acquisition, you know, when it's all said and done? Not maybe. When you consider what it costs to get him? D'Lo continues on throughout this run, but, you know, Mm. he, he could maybe get it done. But, yeah, I mean, right now it's clearly Rui. I mean, it, it like 
it's not Russell Westbrook is is their best is their best trade light. Come on, man. We almost made it the whole show. <laughs> Look, man, he's Jack lost Nicholson 12. already insulted him by showing up finally, you know, after the Ru- the Russ era is over, after witnessing one game <laughs> of it. And was like, I'm out. I'll be back when you guys have a real team. Yeah. <laughs> I think Russell Westbrook has lost 12 of his last 14 playoff games was the stat yeah. that I saw most recently. Um, Raj, Raj. Right all along, there was a good team in here. The Lakers just had to yes. overhaul the entire roster to get this there. This is what I saw. <laughs> This is what I saw in. Uh, yeah, Raj, it was like, there's, there's Raj. Raj is that like real estate agent who sees a, a, a house that's like barely standing. He's like, there's good bones. There's good bones here. Well, Raj is Doctor Strange. He's like, there's one. He's like, they're like, can we win? Raj is like, there's one scenario. There's, I figured it out. <laughs> one in fourteen trillion. Yeah, yeah. fourteen trillion. The Lakers. I saw somebody say the Lakers had to send Malik Monk to the Kings to knock off the Warriors. Like it was the only way. To... <laughs> that's so good. That, that that's a that's phenomenal um raj uh you know your 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 opinion on the lakers chances at winning a championship now versus like heading into these playoffs has has that changed has it has it increased decreased what, what how are you feeling about it so i just want to give like i just want to have some gratitude here the lakers were 23 and 28 at the end of you know january by the way and then i think we were like five games under 500 in february and just to be able to be in the like the top eight like to advance to the second round uh it's just absurd um but yeah like i think part of that also is who's out right milwaukee's already gone and then you look at the teams kind of left you have a denver team that we beat because we started thomas bryant and then you have like the phoenix suns as well who've like been put together for two weeks like that's kind of your you know opponent after the second round so i feel a lot better i think we have a top seven that can compete with anybody really like that i'm super confident in that like if you play those dudes 40 plus minutes you can beat any team on any night and uh, i don't think you know so i don't think lebron and ad can do this seven games every time but four out of seven i think they can definitely do i think ad can have one of these games four out of seven i think lebron can do one of these four out of seven and that's all you really need um and seeing them too and having the playoff we won like three we games this Nuggets year. lakers western conference finals <laughs> just to show everyone that the bubble was real like jimmy it, is already you know putting in his mm-hmm. argument like let, let's get yeah, the right. eastern conference finals exactly and then austin reeves being this good it's just it, it's so like go watch the Cavs nick series and like you hear Jared Allen's comments as like the lights were too bright for me. That's like normal. That's the usual thing that happens when guys get in the playoffs. And Austin Reeves is like, you're going to play drop coverage game one. I'm going to cook you every single possession or like game two, you're going to counter by, you know, showing high. I'm a blow by you and have like a bunch of assists. That's like, that's not He's normal. So that's not good. He's so good. It's unbelievable how good he is already. And I want people it's to not, know, it's like, not that's just not good, but Raj, Raj is like, Raj is absolutely right to point out like the intangible, He's Care, smart. Like the, 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 he's smart, and he's like he's he has just such a high basketball IQ. Well, it's, it's not so it's not well, it's not it's not it's not just like the white guy cliches. He's he's a fucking sociopath, man. Like he's just Ico. The, mm-hmm. <clears throat> there was a there was a play. Yeah, he saw the lights get brighter, and he's like, they're finally bright enough to show that I am him. You know? Yeah. Like, well, no, he said that he basically he basically said that to McMenamin. Yeah, he was like. I've been waiting my whole life for these spots. And for some reason, these teams weren't recruiting a six, four white guy. And it's like, it's just, it's, it's crazy to me. He had a play. Um, I thought D so, listing all the white guy cliches in that story as an aside was very funny. He's like, he's yeah, like, you know, if it's a white guy, you think he's either like coach's really son or he's a shooter, but you yeah. know, Austin's none of those things. He's, he's all of them. He's, he's yeah. really good. 
But like, uh, there was a play. So he was guarding John Morant, and um, the referee called a foul on him, and he didn't think it was a foul. And to John Morant, who has his own signature Nike shoe, is like legitimately like in the next five ten years could be one of the faces of the NBA, so long as he doesn't keep fighting finish line kids. Um, like this guy, this guy is a legitimate super duper star. And, uh, he, he commits a foul that the referee sees Austin disagrees with the call. John misses the first free throw and Austin makes sure to loudly say, ball don't lie. Just want everybody to know that ball, that ball did not lie. And it's just like the, 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 the gall on him. And the stones on him to just do shit like that all series long. Game one, man, on the road, on the road, the Lakers went to him like possession after possession after possession and went with that stuff. That's that's bananas <laughs> on a LeBron James team. And then, um, you know, Pete put it really well because I like, I you know, I asked him on, on, on his appearance on the show a few weeks back. I was like, hey, has Austin changed? Like, is he forcing people to like not look him in the eye? Because he's about to be like a, a, a you know almost a twelve million dollar player at least in this upcoming uh, off season, and he's like no he's still he's still a great kid all those things, but he's a fucking psychopath he's an yeah. absolute murderer and he will just he like he has zero zero problem whatsoever um, you know kind of like a polar bear like the look on his face doesn't change at all he's just gonna go out there and kill people if, that he has to. And that kind of mentality, it's like it's like I said a second. He's no stronger than Malik Beasley. He's certainly pro he's probably weaker than uh, Troy Brown. He's a smaller guy than Troy Brown. But when it comes to like what he has to do to get to his spots, to beat guys, to do whatever he has to do to not give up his spot defensively, those things, that competitive fire, man, th this kid's gonna be special. He 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 he's gonna be so effing good. This is year two. <laughs> So the, really quickly, the, so this guy was courtside tonight, but I'm not comparing their games. But like the last guard, LeBron has really like given trusted. this is trusted in these type of like he doesn't just give this up. It's the guy seen courtside tonight, Kyrie, and I'm not comparing him or saying he's going to be good as him, but that's kind no, of he's clearly better. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, like that's the last time I think like LeBron's really given that type of you know given the keys over to a guard that's that young. Um, and you know pickup who had a great uh, stat that like in the 2020 title run not another player scored 20 other than Rajon Rondo in one like game of that Houston series that was all LeBron and AD carrying the offense and we have a team where a bunch of dudes can and he does it so differently like D'Lo feels like D'Lo's games feel almost like they don't even matter what the defense is doing it's just is D'Lo shooting well or not yeah Austin is like yeah it's like picking your defense apart which is an insane thing to say about a guy who has LeBron James on his team. Like Austin's the one dissecting it. And multiple times we've closed these series. We've closed games down the stretch, the Utah game late. That was, you know, that was close for no reason, but like games in the playoffs that we've just given him the ball. We're like, here's, here's a screen up top. You decide where the ball goes and he's come through every time. And it's just, he, it's a, it's nuts. It says something that like early in his career, like it was a meme, right? The, the, the moment where LeBron is standing behind Austin and he's telling him like, no, you got to go over here. And Austin's like, like, right. He's like, yeah. Okay. You know, like everybody knows what I'm talking about. And, um, like that, that became a meme or whatever, but 
LeBron being willing to have that high a level basketball conversation with somebody that like he's willing to like make him a meme in that moment. Like he doesn't have, I don't think he has that conversation with Malik Beasley. You know, <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't think like, I, and I really think, you know, there was the moment LeBron, uh, Austin had that Euro step, you know, uh, uh, you know, finish that he 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 had around Dylan Brooks, right? And LeBron is there waiting for him at, at the timeout, and they both do like the Euro step, like you know, together, and and it was great. Like they had that exchange, and and the way that great players respond to other players to me is always really enlightening. And the way that LeBron responds to um to to Austin is is really cool, and it kind of reminds me back of like the way that Kobe responded to Trevor Ariza. Where Trevor Ariza was this like they traded Brian Cook for him, and they I think they traded um, gosh like Mark Mark is something um, he's another wing, and and like when um, when 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 uh, Ariza got to the Lakers, Kobe the way that he reacted when Ariza dunked on Grant Hill, remember that, um, mm-hmm. and and like the way he was just like he was the first guy off of the bench. And it's like this really, it was really cool, like mic'd up moment. Kobe, he dunks on, it's the one where Ariza takes off with one hand and actually finishes with two and like swings on the rim, gets the and one because Grant Hill tries to take the charge. And and Kobe's like off of the bench, he's like, woo! You know, he's like, 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 like this guttural scream. And then Ariza misses the free throw. He's like, oh, you bum, you don't fucking miss that free throw there, you know? But like that, that, that relationship that was, like formed right then and kind of informed me like, Oh, Ariza has Kobe's attention, you know? Mm-hmm. And then lo and behold, Ariza against the, the Denver nuggets would have those two huge steals that like ice those games or helped win those games. And like that, those kinds of moments really stand out to me and the way that LeBron really responds to, to Reeves here, um, sticks out, uh, Raj, I, you, you reminds me the, a lot of how he responded to Taylor Horton Tucker. Did I just ruin all the vibes? You did. Sorry. Yeah. Did I just kill your analogy? I was... I'm just gonna. I still believe, Taylor. You got one believer. <laughs> so do I, Raj. Yeah, I still. I'm, I'm gonna still take there. off the chain. <laughs> they need to. They it. need to build the team around you in Utah. I don't know what they're doing. Um. Yeah. Good call. It, it, look, for the sake of like making the Lakers more competitive, please, Utah, build around Taylor Horton Tucker. But um. All right. Uh, <laughs> let's get out of here. We've been talking here for an hour and a half. Thank you guys a ton. Uh, Raj for hopping on Harrison for hopping on the Lakers win their first series in, in a, in a few years here. Uh, find it pretty fitting that the last time the Lakers won a series, uh, was that championship game game six. They wind up going up by 40 points in that one. They wind up winning this one by 40, um, in this closeout game, just a uh, a really cool, almost, I would go so far as to say unprecedented season. Like, no team that has ever started 2-10 and 10 has ever won a, a uh, playoff series. I'm willing to go ahead and, and, and say that. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if Elias Sports Bureau has tweeted that out, but I'm going to go ahead and say that that is the case. No, Anthony uh, Irwin's stats bureau already has it. <laughs> I, can, I, can, I can fake my way through all of this stuff. Um, I, I do, I'm, I'm really fascinated to see who comes out of, who do you guys think wins game seven? Like, I just have a hard time picking against the Warriors still. 
<laughs> and that's yeah it makes sense that they would be the team that you don't want to see then i don't i don't think they're beating sacramento on the road twice like i think the kings win that i think it's tough to get two road games Ooh. for them so I think the Kings. Uh, and it would be I think the most Warriors thing ever, though, to be horrible on the road, like mess around, yeah, lose the home true. game, and then finally like win a road game seven, and then take home court advantage in the next round. Um. Yeah. All right. So you guys are split on that. Um. I'm not going to say who I think is going to win because it would ruin this moment. But you guys are split on that. Whoever loses, whoever winds up being wrong, the next time the three of us are together, you have to, you know, recreate this outfit. No, I'm Anthony. I'm an executive now. That's not that's not happening. <laughs> Nobody needs. So to am I. That. Yeah. Where do you even get? Where do you even get something like that? I don't even know like where you would go to find a shirt that like you that. open this? up. Oh, okay. This like the yeah. jacket. Uh, yeah, I don't even. Costco. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard of that. Oh. <laughs> oh, I thought it was like okay. You're small on my screen. I thought it was like a button-up shirt. I'm like Raj. They may like you don't. No, it, it is like it's. It's okay. like a it's like a thick flannel. Yeah, it is really itchy. Looks big. I, I'm telling I'm telling everybody. Oh yeah, the color is definitely big. But okay. uh, I I a lot of sacrifice on my end in this in this episode. It is really hot <laughs> with with the spotlights and this jacket. I am definitely ready to call this thing here, and that's what we are going to do. So again, the Lakers win. 125 to 85 they win their game their their first round series in six games against the fraudulent Memphis Grizzlies uh and and they beat them so bad that I think Pete is going to be reaching out to them in, in in the next you know hour or so um I cannot wait to see who comes out of this next series I think the Kings are are going to beat the Warriors in this next game um to to split that vote there and we'll see. We'll see how all of this kind of plays out. So uh, for Harrison Fagan and for Raj Chapalu, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good one, everybody. <laughs>